everyone. This has been a great time. We've learned so much. We've had some great worship. And um, I'm thrilled to represent Habitat for Humanity today. Um, I know Corey said there's none greater, or he can't think of my name, but really it's the mission of Habitat for Humanity, the opportunity to do the work that we do. So we're so thankful to Rachel and Corey for inviting us. And as Jay-Z said, you could have been anywhere in the world, <laughs> but you're here with us, right? And for you save folks, I'll say, <laughs> oh, yeah, y'all don't listen to rap? Okay. For you say, folks, I will say, I was glad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. We really could be anywhere, but you have decided on a Saturday evening to be in God's house, and, and surely we're going to give him the glory that he deserves for that. As I was thinking about how I was going to approach this topic of kingdom diversity, it didn't sit well with me because I don't think it was ever God's intent that we would have to specify his kingdom as being diverse, because it already is. Because of the fall of man, we have to relearn the ways of God. So therefore, we have to have conferences trying to teach us how to be diverse in a kingdom that's already that. And the reason I, I think that is because at the beginning, God himself is a diverse community. God himself. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. He is the same, but he is different. He is the epitome of diversity and unity of one. God the Father, we see a lot of him in, in the uh, Old Testament. He's telling us how he feels about things, and he's teaching us, but he knows good and well that there has to be flesh attached to this redemption. So he passes the baton to Jesus. He passes the baton to the Son and says, you know what, since you're flesh, how about you do this part now? You go down on earth, and we see in, in the Gospels where Jesus comes here, and he puts on this flesh, and he walks this earth, and he teaches us how to be with people and how to treat, think of the ways of God, and he teaches us. But then he says, I must go. I must die so that you guys can be reconciled. So I'm going to pass the baton to the advocate. And he will come, and he will teach you everything I've said, and he's going to give you power, and he's going to give you the ability to heal, and he's going to give you the ability to understand the ways of God. This is one God in three ways, glorifying each other, giving each other a place at the table, respecting each other. So at the beginning, the kingdom itself, God himself is diverse. In Genesis it says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. It is to believe that the us he speaks of is the us of the Godhead. Let them be like us. And, and they will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them, them to be like us. 
Why do you think we are all so different with the same goal but different roles? That was what the church was supposed to be from the beginning. It's like going to a show and hearing one instrument, and the praise team is amazing, by the way. They're doing, they're killing the worship thing here. But it's like if someone were to come up to this keyboard and just play one note, one note, God didn't create his community or church to get up with one instrument and one note, but instead a symphony, an orchestra of different instruments playing different notes on one accord. And you can play whatever you want during sound check, but when the conductor comes, when he stands in front of the symphony, it is time to get on the same page and to play the music like it was written. Somebody say, get in harmony. Say it again. So like, I can't sing, but I know what harmony is. I know when it's not right. And I think we all know that. The church needs to get in harmony because we have been given directions on paper and we have a conductor up giving us guidance. What is our problem? Why are we not playing in harmony? Because here's the crazy thing. The same instrument that has the ability to contribute to this wonderful sound, when played on its own accord, causes confusion. The same instrument that contributes to the kingdom is the one that can assist the enemy if played out of harmony. And that is what we find. Do you think that people understand what the church is? If you go about and ask people, what does the church believe? What do they stand for? It's confusing because we have a bunch of instruments playing what they wanna play and not how it was written and following the lead of the conductor. And I'm going to tell uh, you guys a little bit about what we do at Habitat for Humanity and hopefully give you guys some practical ways to, to approach community because there's many communities you belong to, um, those you chose and some you didn't. Um, and, and hopefully give you some practical things to take with you. So the mission of Habitat for Humanity, how, how many of you guys have heard of Habitat? I hope so. we got a booth, like, right up there. You guys got to come and see. Um, Habitat for Humanity is a Christian nonprofit housing ministry seeking to eliminate poverty housing. And our mission statement, which I'm going to break down for us, is seeking to put God's love into action. Habitat for Humanity brings people together to build homes, communities, and hope. So the first thing I want to talk about is seeking to put God's love into action. The only way you can really make a difference in your community is if it's through the love of God. It can't come out of your love or else it's going to run out because we get tired in our love. But we know that God's love is unwavering. It's steadfast. It stands strong uh, in all things. So if we're going to approach anything, we have to say it has to be God's power and God's love that's going to make these things happen. And things come together for us at Habitat for Humanity that there's no intellect, there's no good talk, there's nothing that really 
on earth that could have made these things come together but God. And we have to recognize that. It's God's love. This is God's ministry. And one of the things I love so much about God's love is that he's committed to it. And if you've lived long enough, you'll know that love is an action. And if you have love in a Christian context, you know that love accompanies sacrifice. If you're not willing to sacrifice for your community, then you don't love it. God had to sacrifice because he loved us. So when you're going to approach your community, there has to be sacrifice that you're ready to give. But God's love is a commitment. See, God committed to loving me before I was formed in my mother's womb, which means that when I'm the highest of the high, he loves me. When I'm lowest of the low, he loves me. He loves me when I'm disappointing. He loves me when I don't acknowledge him. He loves me when I didn't even know to call his name. He loves me. And that is what we have to do for our communities. They're going to be disappointing. People aren't going to vote all the time. People aren't going to keep up with the things that you're working so hard to do. But the commitment of love that comes from God means that when it doesn't work out, I wake up the next day and I say, I'm here. Some days you just need to show up. You don't have to be brilliant all the time and have a plan. Some days your community just needs you to show up and say, I'm here. Where do you, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm here. Say commitment. Next, we say bring people together. Habitat brings people together. And what we have found works is, and the way that we approach diversity, is that we talk about the commonality first and then we draw out from that. Habitat is about uh, providing affordable shelter to people. You know something that we all identify with? Home. I don't care if you're black, if you're white, if you're Hispanic, you're rich, you're poor. You identify with home, and that is the draw. And then we can work about the differences. Because if I am hammering the siding of a house next to a person, it doesn't matter where we both come from. We both get that this is somebody's home. This is a language we can all understand. And I think when, we're, when we struggle with diversity is we get comfortable in saying, you know what I mean, you know where, I, you know where I'm coming from. You get, you're like, yeah, I know where you're coming from. What if someone says, no, I don't know where you're coming from. Tell me. I'm not sure we would know what to say. I don't know if I do. And if we know that our true selves are found in God, I'd be afraid to find out what we would say when we say, I know where I'm coming from. There's a poem I learned in college that says, when I look at you, I see myself. If I'm unable to see you as my sister, it's because my own vision is blurred. And if that be so, it is I who needs you, either because I do not know who you are, my sister, or because I need you to help me understand who I am. When we avail ourselves in our communities, we might actually find out who we are. We might actually find out who we are. And one of the challenging things for all of us who want to be a, a missional community and all that is we think we're going to a community to save them. That's a big mistake. That's a big mistake. If we're not making this 
somewhat of a transaction that you availed yourself to be served as much as you're serving, then you will not have trust in your community. Open yourself to learning because here's what happens. You get a savior complex and you are in no position to compete with Jesus. You will be destroyed because you'll become an idol and we know how he feels about those. You are not saving anything. And that's something that at Habitat for Humanity, we take seriously. We are, we are vessels of what God's doing in this community. But we don't do it on our own. I had a, so when you go into a community, you need to know that you are there to learn just as much as you are there to give. I, had, uh, I used to do children's ministry. I would say y'all pray for me, but maybe you should still, because I'm still learning lessons. But how many of you guys have done children's ministry? Challenging, right? Beautiful, but, but challenging. People say, that's not my anointing. They would just run, drop their kids off, run. Be like, that's not my call. I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I'll do something else. But anyway, I had four to six-year-olds, and I was starting to get very tired in my ministry. I was just getting fatigued, like too much. It's time for me to move on. And I think my work showed that. And I had this little boy, his name was AJ, and he was so restless this day. He didn't want to hear anything I had to say. We couldn't have snacks fast enough. To, it, nothing worked. He was just restless. He was ornery. And, and I went to a mega ministry, so um, I had this walkie-talkie that I could radio security at any time. And so I was desperate. And kids, like, can smell desperation. They just, they bring it up a notch. Um, and he was like, oh, she, she's out of all her tricks. Um, and I said, AJ, you know what? Do me a favor. Uh, uh, take my walkie-talkie, but don't touch the buttons, but take my walkie-talkie. Stand at the door for me uh, and, and be our, our security for the room. I don't know. I was like, I hope he doesn't touch buttons and causes a problem. But he stood there, and he didn't move. And he stood there and he took his job seriously. So much so that the other four-year-olds in my class came up to me and said, give me an assignment. I want an assignment. And I, I was just thrilled it worked. But and when I went home, the Lord started ministering to me. And he said two things. One, do you see what happens when someone feels valued? When you give them a place, a seat at the table, an opportunity to show what it is that they have, this little boy went from being jittery to not moving at all because he had a sense of value. The second thing is we should be serving the Lord so well that other people should want an assignment from him. This little boy did his job so well that other people said, give me an assignment. So for those of you who have to go to work on Monday, go to work as if you're working for the Lord. So much so that someone says, Why, where does this joy come from? And then you can tell them about the good news of God and maybe then they will say, I want to be a part of something. And I, I get the privilege to talk about Habitat for Humanity and usually, People say, oh, that's real nice. You guys are some good people. It's like, okay, I'll take that too. But when I talk to them about what I get to do, people start to say, I want something like that. Yeah. 
I want the opportunity to give and be and be in front of people. That is the kind of servitude that we should have. Also, you need to understand that you're going to be seen if you're working for your community. A lot of us wanna give and step back, but God is gonna work on your character the whole time. And sometimes that's in front of the people you're called to serve. It's humbling, it's beautiful, it makes you a better leader, but it's challenging as well. And especially when it comes to diversity, which is a beautiful thing, I just wanna make this statement. I don't even know if this fits in, I just wanna make it though. <laughs> Relate to what you can and be honest about what you can't. Just because it's diversity, you might not know what it feels like to be Korean <laughs> at the church, like we heard this morning. You might not know what it feels like. That's okay, you build trust when you can say, you know what, I don't know what you're going through, but I respect it. Own your experiences. Respect the experiences of others. The last thing you wanna do in community work is tell somebody that they didn't experience what they experienced. You have lost all trust. Cause what do you know? What do you know what they've done? Have you been with them? In Corinthians it says, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. They don't know anything about what it feels like to be an eye or a hand, but what they say is, your presence in this body matters. And that is diversity. You don't have to understand everything to respect it. They, they matter, they're a part of your community. Everybody say connection. Third point, to build homes, communities, and hope. Habitat, we build homes, communities, but ultimately what it is is hope. Of course we have a what, of course we're talking about housing, but by way of housing, we're building communities between donors and volunteers, between families, between staff, people who shop at our restore. We're building a community and at the very core, we are building hope. And one thing when you are committed to your community and you're connected to your community, you have to actually believe and have hope for your community. If you really don't believe in what you're doing, it will show eventually. It's not just a job, it has to be a calling. God is calling us to be a part of this community. And like we just heard, there is no church without it. So if you're really not believing what it is, then are you really about it in the first place? Paul says, and this is for anybody who's getting tired which is true, when you are committed to community, when you're committed to ministry, there are seasons of fatigue. We've all felt that. This is for you. Paul said, I am confident in this one thing, that he who began a good work and you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. If it was started, God is faithful to finish it. And I don't care if the starting is just a thought in your head. Some of you guys in this room need to step into some leadership roles. Amen. You're ready. But you're sitting on that. Some of you guys have ideas that you're sitting on because you're afraid. But God says he that has begun a good work, he's going to see it to completion. 
So the thing that we have to understand is that we have to have confidence in our community. What do we look like being, you know, discouraged? We're not of the world, we're of the church. We're confident of this one thing. Everybody say confident. So the three things I want you to remember, and there's many things, these are just three things I wanted to point out today, is that you have to be committed to your community. You have to be connected to your community. And you have to be confident in your community. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to be here in your house to learn about how we can better serve your people, Lord, but really do something in us right now, Lord, that will stir up our gifts, stir up our visions, stir up our creativity so that we can show the world that we belong to you, that we can serve the people in our communities back at home or here locally. We thank you so much for this absurd conference, for the leaders who have put this on for us, and we just know that you are going to perfect whatever it is you started in us, including this conference. It is in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.